0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing Show where we are tackling the buzzword of sector rotation. What does it mean? How do you use it as an investing tool? And how can you sharpen the knife to become an expert in making sure that you're going with the flow rather than pushing against it? See you in the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money in Investing Show with me, your host Andrew Baxter, as always, and my rather resplendently dressed offsider, Mr. Mitch Polarensh. I can say the same about you, Mr. B. Thanks very much
1: for having me on the show. And the topic we're going to cover today is something that's really quite relevant amidst uh, sort of the end of the coronavirus pandemic, new vaccines coming out, everyone feeling much more hopeful again, hmm. and that is sector rotation, in out, out of one sector into another.
0: Indeed, it's the buzzword at the moment and virtually any broadcast newspaper article that you read is indeed talking about that subject of sector rotation, which is an incredibly important thing to understand quite
1: tricky to do absolutely i guess the g- first question to start us off is what is it what is sector rotation
0: okay so the easiest way to think about the market or the stock market as a whole imagine you've got a, a whole cake like a ghetto or a birthday cake or something like that and it can be cut into various segments and as an investor it's nice to have exposure to all of it uh, but chances are you're going to have exposure to portions of that so for example you might have positions in the banks or resources But you may not have positions in pharmaceuticals or or travel or or technology as an example. And news flow and fundamentals start to drive where the best place in terms of overall return or risk-adjusted return is for you. So you might say, look, the banks are running really hot right now, not that they are. That's the place I should have my money. And sector rotation would be where there's a big wave of money in the market than going into the banking sector. So is that, for example, why we've seen such an
1: increase in the NASDAQ index this year, is because Mm -hmm. traders have rotated out of your typically, say, economically sensitive stocks into technology stocks as a sector? Exactly right.
0: So with something like uh, the global pandemic that we've seen, Stocks in the technology sector have been very well equipped for it online, selling. Stay at home. Yeah, yeah, no one can be around, no one's going to the shops, not safe to do so apparently, so buy it online and so, you know, new typical stores like Amazon, in fact, here's a good one for you, Booktopia, wonderful Australian story, Booktopia, Booktopia. so if you want to buy books in Australia, get them from Booktopia, they are looking, they were actually looking to list before Christmas on the ASX, they're going to be listing in the new year, brilliant little business, not so little these days either, so there's a, a local competitor to Amazon, we nice. um, nice all wonder if they'll uh, send us some books for free. <laughs> I know you're a book um, one too. I right? certainly am. Um, so, you know, stocks like Amazon and, you know, Netflix, Zoom, Zoom for conferencing, all of those stocks have, uh, have, have performed particularly well because it's been the place uh, in markets. People are at home, they need something to do, and they need conferencing and all that. So they've run really, really well. Big, big flow of money in there. Very stretched valuations for those people that are fundamentalists. You, you sort of think, how can you know, Amazon be on a couple of hundred times earnings you know, with a projected growth of 30% a year? Um, so they they don't comply with the norms of of most fundamental investing but certainly huge money flows into those sectors uh, during these difficult times and and I guess that sector rotation we're now seeing is have they had their run and if so where is the money going and what's been the catalyst for it? Sure -hmm. I guess Amongst the news flow that we've seen most
1: recently, it's kind of been out of tech and then into more economically sensitive stocks. Mm. And Pfizer comes out, they've got a vaccine 90% effective, everyone's happy, yep. the economy's back open. Mm. And I guess that stresses the importance of rotating from one sector to another. So I want to ask, why do you put such an emphasis on choosing the right sector and then rotating amongst those?
0: I want you to think about an example um, of riding a push bike, which some people would have had the experience of, some others uh, maybe not. But riding into a headwind is really difficult. You know, I remember cycling to and from school when I was a kid <laughs> yeah, and, and you're battling against this really strong wet weather in the UK. Pain in the neck. And, and it's really hard work versus having a tailwind pushing your home. Uh, one's easy, one's difficult. And When it comes to investing, it's exactly the same. Your stuff that's got a tailwind that's going to push you along, much, much easier to go with the flow than sort of be hand-to-hand combat going against the flow. So that money flow in the market and rolling with it is actually an easier way uh, to be making money because you're in a space that's moving in a positive direction before you start. You don't have to be a great stock picker. If you're in the right sector, it's going to go well. And to stop you there, AB,
1: just on that, does that really come down primarily to your fundamental analysis as to which sectors you're going to be
0: investing in? I think that's a, a huge factor, and it's not easy. Um, you know, you, you're not going to sit at home with the Ouija board and go, OK, which, uh, which sector is going to be the one where the money's <laughs> flowing into? So you've got to be very minded on what's going on in the news flow. Um, yeah, and If we take the example of Pfizer coming out with a uh, you know, 90% success rate in their, their, their anti-COVID vaccination, um, yeah, that's huge news and the pharmaceutical sector in particular has been one, if you talk of sector rotation, as there's been you know, talk of a possible cure, companies like AstraZeneca, uh, obviously Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, Bio, Moderna. Baxter, Moderna, uh, Bausch, loads of other different businesses in that space have all sort of had a uh, CSL in Australia, they've all had a sort of finger in the pie of there's a virus fuel coming. So that sector has already had some level of interest in it, pure sector rotation. What we're seeing as the announcement from has come out is that, okay, the world's going back to normal, how like that? And literally within a day, the market had factored in that normal service has been resumed. You and I both know, you know, A, whether Pfizer's vaccination is going to be that um, at 90% effective. We don't I'm, know. I'm a little sketchy on that right now, but we'll see as time goes by. Um, but does it have such a dramatic and instant impact on markets? And money flow these days is quick because of the, the volume of information that's out there. It's easy for people to get exposure to it, to see what's going on. So you know, all of a sudden, Pfizer come up with their announcement and the money flow starts to go as you say back into those economically sensitive stocks and it's got to flow from somewhere it's not new money someone's not just printed well maybe the federal reserve have uh, printed more money uh, but the money has to come from somewhere and, and that places out of one sector and into another and what we've seen is uh, yeah, a bit of an unload in the technology sector in particular uh, a because they were they, they had pretty full valuations by any metric uh, they've also been the darling of the market during the covid crisis and that sort of burner has been turned down from raging heat to maybe just simmer and so there's a lot of money that's flown out of that into other other sectors and some of those sectors and stocks are quite logical and some maybe less so so you know if you think about um you know travel all of a sudden you're likely to be able to travel so stocks like Qantas Sydney airport both enjoyed a really good pop in the sure. you know, domestic market but taking that thread a little bit further on, Rolls-Royce you normally associate with being cars but actually Rolls-Royce business uh, is in aero engines and maintenance of aero engines. That's that's really the guts of of where the revenue is. All of a sudden, if people are flying, there's going to be need to service aircraft before they go into the air, and there's more demand pants up again for for new aircraft to be added to fleet. So Rolls Royce actually jumped by forty percent. Wow! In one trading session, I back in London, I'm traded for years. RR. Uh, over in London, old favourite, and bang uh, 40% jump literally overnight, which is astounding, but then you know it, it's also probably halved in value over the last you know nine, ten months as well. So it's had a little bit of pain, 40% jump nicely on its way to recover for its investors. Sure. So that's a bit more of an obscure one. Uh, so you know, travel and tourism, certainly a big one. Um, some of the companies that have done you know especially well we talked about Harvey Norman and, and, and Kogan uh, and afterpay uh, would be some of the companies that we've talked of extensively this year that have performed very well. You know, they had really quite significant sell-offs as money's flown out of those into the into the next thing, uh, which is more than understandable. Again, your know, Temple Webster, all of those sorts of companies that have done very very well in the online selling space. It, it's almost like someone's just held up a red card. Go, that's the end of the rally. Now the money's got to go somewhere else. Now that's and, not really how it's going to be, but sure. that's how fickle this market is. And that's the question I want
1: to ask I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. How do you not get caught up trading headline to headline? And we did a podcast on that. If any of our viewers haven't watched that, go and yeah. watch it. Because Look. all of a sudden the money's gone from one place to another in a day. It's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, Very easy to get caught up in the whole rage of the headline and the news. How do you decipher between what's actually really good fundamental analysis on a
0: sector versus a headline? Good question. And, and, and look, the sheer volume of money that's gone through the market isn't just mum and dad investors following the headlines, it's, it's meaty, big, insto cash Hedge um, that's been that's right, moving around and then that's why the, the moves have been as dramatic as they have. And and it is very tricky not to get down from headline to headline. It takes a level of fortitude to sort of join the dots between, you know, what you hear in the news and, and then what's going on in reality. One of the tools um, that I've used in the past, and it's actually a very, very useful tool for uh, Let's go back to 1999 if we can dust off the Ooh, black and white TV, so cool. what are we, 21 years ago? lot <laughs> right? oh, that dust off. On parchment, actually probably written in stone. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the indicators they used really well at, at that particular juncture, um, and we talked I think about technology a little while ago, um, was trading uh, a lot of companies that were sort of pushing into the technology space because the sector rotation back then was back into technology. Sure, um, nothing cutting edge, we're talking about 20 years ago, most people were this, you know, 20, 21 years ago. So, you know, small mining companies were really um, emerging as listed entities with the .com after their name and all of a sudden their share price went through the roof. So one of the tools that we use very, very effectively there is something called On Balance Volume, OBB as it's called in the game. And, and what that effectively look at, looks at is um, the volume for the day and whether it's buying pressure or selling pressure. Okay. If it's a positive candle and the market's moved up that day, it'll assume all buying pressure. It's a little bit misleading, but nonetheless, that's what it assumes. And if the candle is red and it's a down day, it'll assume it's all selling pressure. And what you're effectively looking for, you can start to see if you chart it, um, that it, put it in a slightly different way. Imagine you've got a, a, a pot on top of the stove okay. and, and, it's got, and it's got a lid on and, and it's just the gas is turned on and it's just warming up. After you turn that gas up a little bit more, it's gonna be raging and the lid of the pot's gonna pop off. That's exactly what on-balance volume is looking for, is that that change in temperature to the point where the lid pops off. Okay. And using OBV or on-balance volume in this instance is quite a good leading indicator to see the buildup in those sectors. It didn't just happen overnight. There's big money moving around the market. It doesn't happen in one day. But that's where the sort of the disclosure if you will the obviousness of it uh, has really come out so that's always a useful indicator if you're using a platform like IB, which is our preferred trader workstation is our preferred platform what you're looking for is a a, an increase in the volume of green volume bars effectively because you know it's color-coded volume does the same thing very very useful tool sure obvious as anything when you think about it yeah it does make total sense you're absolutely
1: right and that's part of that technical analysis which we teach our clients i guess you know that that final question is this all sounds really good but it can't be that easy. So how do you get exposure for our clients out there or our listeners to particular sectors that you like? How do you, is it ETFs or is it particular stocks? Is it a
0: mix? In the Aussie market, ETFs are pretty hard. You might have an index tracker in the Aussie market and let's face it, the broader market has been you know, performing pretty well back up to February highs um, you know, in, in, in a matter of days. Crazy. So it's really had a good pop. Um, and again, this is going from day to night. There's a vaccine boom. The world's changed. It hasn't. It's going to take time to filter through. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. Are there enough shots to go around? Given the fact you would have to. Da da, da, da da The list goes on. Um, so yeah, how do you position yourself? Well, you've got to look at you know what's been flogged and not loved. Um, yeah, we look at um, yeah, stocks like Brambles, Amcor. Um, uh, y- the, the, the transport sector, yeah, you know, Sydney Airport, tremendous growth story there, laden with a lot of debt, admittedly, but no foot traffic right now, so it's not surprising it's had such a tough run. So these are very unloved stocks. Qantas, and one, Flight Centre, Flight Centre, um, yeah, um, um, what's uh, Hello World? All of those stocks that are in that sort of space, no one's wanted to touch them with a barge pole for a number of months, so they're very cheap, oversold. But oversold for a reason because there's been no real fundamental reason for them to be doing anything other than that chop. Sure. All of a sudden the focus is back on them, they're cheap, so that's why you know you have seen that pop through. So you know, how do you get ahead of that? It's very hard because it's already happened. You know, how do you avoid um, sector rotation? I'd be avoiding export sensitive stocks, that's for sure, you know, with the dispute that we've got with China running and getting worse. You know, the technology sector had quite a self after pay, you know, got clobbered but sort of recovered. Back to a hundred bucks now. So, you know, that's one that you can't really keep down. You know, you've got every friend you've ever met standing on the lid of that one trying to hold it down and it's still moving higher. It wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't mention it either, no, would it? Probably almost mention it almost too much. We'll see if we get one more. <laughs> like, Once what's your on balance, volume, volume yeah. to mention um, But you know, that, that sort of stock is you know, is, 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 is likely because there's a strong fundamental story. It's not just, it's not just uh, about shopping online, but that's also bricks and mortar as well. So as we see people moving back into shopping centres and physical shops, um, you may well see the story continues again there it's not just online it's got a broad base so that's kind of why that one now look at shopping centers you know Westfield for example um, and, and some of the big Leasing companies that really have been on their knees over the last sort of seven, eight months where they haven't had tenants paying rent uh, and where they've, um, you know, had very little foot traffic for their existing tenants and they're oversold those businesses. And so as you start to see people moving around, you're going to see those sectors kick off. Energy's another one, which we didn't touch on. Um, You know, look at stocks like Oil Search, which has been, you know, just like an unloved stepchild for the last Terrible, yeah, seven, eight months, uh, you know, and you know it's come down from over six dollars down to you know two dollars sixty, I think, at one point in time, and all of a sudden it's up at three forty-five in two trading sessions, and again part of the reason for this, Mitch, if people start moving around, they can use more fuel. One of the areas we haven't seen is airline uh, international travel, which is a huge consumer uh, of aviation fuel, obviously, and and so those oil companies have had quite a surge on the back of that. Be interested to see long term what happens as uh, president-elect biden gets in and starts to scale back the use of carbon uh energy for for getting us around uh, but, but i think is not going to be affecting our market today that's something we can perhaps look forward to over the, over the coming years yeah certainly agree on that it's definitely tough to pick fundamentally which
1: sector you want to play so let's get a little bit more of a practical example as we conclude the end of the broadcast ab what kind of sectors are you trading at the moment? What do you prefer? What are you going out of?
0: What, where is your headline at the moment? i, I, I washed out at quite a number of positions in the energy space on that recovery, uh, purely and simply because I want to free that cash up and put into a couple of things. So my lines where I'm at at the moment rather than uh, just simply playing sector rotation, I've got spreads running on the index, which is my standard play in the form of Condor, Um, I'm not worried about individual stocks, I'm just looking at the index levels there, which is broken up and that's working quite nicely. Uh, There are a couple that I've got under my belt um, that I'm not going to disclose right now, I might keep those in the whole You've intrigued me. I might keep you on your toes with that one and share those another time. I think you know the mistake a lot of people make be to go applying back into the banks right now even though we've got strong consumer sentiment i think we're likely to see you know, retail being the place it has been certainly through covid uh, and i think bricks and mortar retail is coming from very very modest levels and, and that ability for people to get out of the house particularly those of our friends and colleagues and brothers and sisters down in in danistan down there in victoria danistan victoria being able to get out of the house and actually experience the joys of, of shopping rather than waiting for parcel to turn up at your house i think we're going to see you have know, quite a quite a click-along in face-to-face bricks-and-mortar retail, Uh, you know, the likes of JB um, Hi-Fi, which has done very well through the COVID time, Harvey Norman as always, Uh, but also maybe some of those clothing retailers that have done it very tough. We've seen, you know, the Aussie retail landscape really get decimated with bankruptcies and and the like in the clothing uh, space in particular, and I think we might see a little bit of a surge in that in the immediate run-up to Christmas as well. Well, there you go. You heard
1: it here first. Quick question to finish on that, AB. What's your view on the resources sector here and here on the ASX? Because that's kind of been a pretty big part of our market. Take Fortescue Metals. Jumped yeah. from nearly eight dollars
0: up to seventeen fifty just a couple of days ago. No, I watched out of Fortescue up in the mid seventeens a few days ago. Uh, it's at sixteen fifty or so at the moment. Um, I felt that that was the run for the moment, and I, I, I do believe that you know, the t- tensions of trade, particularly with China, are going to grow. Uh, irrespective of vaccinations for corona and this is something you mentioned earlier the dangers of trading headline to headline you know that whole trade war thing unless you're involved in an industry that's quite exposed to it it's probably almost a, a forgotten story US election COVID cure is booming consumer confidence is there house prices are flying markets almost back to record highs uh, what, what trade war was that we were talking about yeah and, and that isn't going away china most certainly isn't going away and i think uh, you know a lot of stocks that are very exposed to that you know and, and and companies like treasury wines have been absolutely belted the coal sector is going to struggle back. we've seen our agriculture sector struggle struggle on it we've seen our universities and uh, struggle on it uh, we've seen our property market struggle in terms of overseas buyers in there and and thus far um, through the early part of Covid, our miners, particularly the likes of Fortescue, with that iron ore production, did very, very well as we saw iron ore prices move up. China's playing the long game there. Uh, and I think, you know, they've got a mine in um, Guinea, in East Africa, which or West Africa, I beg your pardon, um, uh, which they've put an enormous amount of funding into the mine they effectively own. And when that comes on tap and or Vale in Brazil uh, gets its COVID under control and can start exporting again, um, that's where a lot of weakness is going to come in for a company like Fortescue, which has had such an incredible run and it'll be crying shame. You know, it's a pure, beautiful Australian success story but it is vulnerable because it does one thing, which is part of its beauty, but it's also a poison chalice, and that's the fact that its biggest market is not best friends with us anymore. The good thing that Fortescue's got going for it is his chairman, colorful, charismatic man that he is, and what an amazing success story. Now, Andrew Forrest has got an incredibly strong relationship with China, uh, and if someone is gonna be able to tiptoe through the difficulties of a trade war in the iron ore sector, Twiggy is your
1: man. Said like a true fundamentalist. Thank you, Mr. B. Look, we are at the end of the broadcast. A lot of great information in there, and it really is quite insightful how you can start to play this to actually become quite profitable from just simply knowing the fundamentals behind sectors. What are your final words to conclude the
0: broadcast? You know, this isn't stuff that you can learn overnight, it's 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 something you really need to learn by osmosis, and we say this to our clients all the time, you know, the more time you spend around this, the more you can understand the nuances and intricacies of how the world of economics and the jigsaw puzzle of this comes together. But if you can understand that headwind versus tailwind as a starting point, and understand the pure concept of what we're trying to do is find sectors that have got that tailwind pushing them along, that's going to make the job of making money a lot easier. So get that right with his, with this movement in the sector, and then find the player you want in the sector, as opposed to just trying to find an individual stock and then create a story around why it may or may not work. Great advice. Thanks very much, Mr. B. Absolute pleasure. Cheers. Pleasure as always, Mitch. There you have it, guys. That's Money in Investing for this week. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll see you on the show next week.